Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now, from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. And today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. Ford Kionday, the best in new inventory. And they have all great warranties. Great pre-owned inventory. They go over every vehicle with a fine-tooth comb, which eases your buying experience. And a terrific service department. Great technicians. And they're looking for more, by the way. You're looking at a job change? Think about these guys. Routine, difficult to handle it all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Our play-by-play call of the day. The Nittany Lions knock off 12th-ranked Illinois in Rec Hall. Far wing, ball wing. Good matchup against Goody. Goes by Goody. Backdoor, Mitchell lays it up and in game tied at 38. The mask knocked away. Kern with the steal. Kern with Shannon DePease. Zero step good. Down to 10. 68 58, 13, 26 to play. Shannon knocked away. Stolen. Puff Johnson lays it up and in. It's a two point game with 29.3 to go. 89 87 Illinois. Back kicks 75%. 13 for his last 16 coming in. Shooting three with 4.2 seconds to go. This has not been Penn State's forte tonight. Up, good. Down to one. 89-88, 4.2 to go. Zach Hicks gets the ball. Second of three free throws. In the air. Good. Game tied at 89. Now trying to put the Nittany Lions in front. And remember, Illinois is out of timeouts. Hicks for the lead. Good. 90 to 89. Now they're going to play defense. Hawkins gets it in finally. It's Harmon near sideline. Hawkins to his right. Harmon in the lane. Right hand up. No. The Debbie Lions come all the way back. They charge the floor in Rec Hall. And the return of the Rec has the Debbie Lions knocking off nationally ranked Illinois. The final 90 to 89. Last night, Rec Hall, as Penn State won it over Illinois, 90-89. to The second top 15 win of the year. They get back into the Jordan Center Saturday at noon in the coaches versus cancer game. And uh, we'll be on at 1130 for that. I believe the suit and uh, chief went to um, Holidaysburg last night? They did. They are home. The chief, or the, uh, the suit took the day. Why? Long trip, I guess. I'm going to Iowa next week, and we're getting back at 4.30 in the morning. I'm still going to show up for work. Eh. I would vote sleep on that thing, but... <laughs> yeah, but I, got, I have to teach class that day. I've got, oh. student, I've got students in class. Well, I you'll do, be up I, anyway, so... <laughs> I, got, I, got, I have to do shows. I mean, you know, you have responsibilities. All right. Uh, did they win last night? No, they uh, kept it close. Holidaysburg was the one seed, but uh, Holidaysburg pulled away. It was seventy, ended up seventy-two fifty-seven. Okay, all right, all right. Rec Hall 
Jordan Center, that's going to be the probably external debate moving forward. Look, this is what Mike Rhodes has talked about, not just with me, but he's talked with other people about this, about what he wants to do with it. He wants to move the program around the state as much as possible. So playing a game in Allentown is a possibility. Playing the game at the Giant Center in Hershey is definitely a possibility. Uh, maybe playing a game in Reading, that's a possibility. Without question, playing in the Palestra is a possibility. Could we maybe, get Marts Hall in Pottsville, maybe? Uh, I've had somebody mention that to me, and I said, yeah, hey, I'll, doesn't matter to me. I've done, I've done games in, in, uh, Loyola's arena, which is a, I think Reese arena, I think it's called, it's a thousand seats. I've done games there. I've also done games in a ballroom in Cancun. So I really don't, it doesn't matter to me the size of the place. You know, I've done Rupp Arena, 23,500, and I've done a ballroom in Cancun. It's like maybe 750. So they're fine by me. But they also want to make sure that they have some games on Friday nights before Penn State home football games. They've got this rec hall situation where there's no question that once a year in one form or another they want to do it. Maybe they can do it a second time. So that he's just trying to get awareness of the program, not just here but all over the state, and to create buzz around the program. Now let's start with this. A lot of credit goes to a lot of people to make last night happen and in turn will make tonight happen with the Lady Lions facing Ohio State at 6. Because that game's in rec hall, too. And I was talking to Carolyn Keeger on, I think it was Tuesday. I said, Jesus, I said, I said kind of reminds you of the McGuire Center? She says, yeah, you know, you know a little bit. Because I, I did a game in the McGuire Center. I did an IT game. So, I mean, she knew that. And... You know, proximity, tight quarters, claustrophobic. You know, it's it's great. Um, and just by playing there means you're gonna. It's it means you're gonna have a great atmosphere, but it doesn't mean you're gonna win. You have to play well. And Penn State won the game last night because they played well. And the vast majority of the night, offensively, they played well. That's why they were in a position at the end where they could win, where they played enough defense down the stretch that made a big difference and got Illinois crazed and doing things that they did not want to do. And as I say all the time, all right, that when you actually look at the records of almost every coach in games decided by five points or less, they're either at 500, a few games under, or a few games over. Everybody. Right. Oh, no, Mike Krzyzewski. No, no. You want to know why his record is the way it is? Because the really, really good teams are not in close games. <laughs> okay? <laughs> All right? <laughs> because Illinois is a really good team. They were projected a 4C going into last night's game. You want to know what their record is in games decided by five points or less after last night? Three and three. You want to know what Penn State's record is in games decided by five points or less? Go ahead, give it a guess, Todd. Six and six. Three and three. It's the same. Ah. It's the same. But it's the same. See, that's <laughs> yeah, it's like right. That's why this thing about JJ Reddick about what people know, don't know, hot takes versus what what it's he's right. He's not he's not wrong. Right? Um and so now what do you do with this? So uh, let's go back to 
the appreciation part. You have to get a court. You have to put the court down. Right? Because underneath that's the volleyball court. All right. So that means the men's volleyball team's practicing in the South Gym. You know, Kale, of course, is, you know, in the Lorenzo Center. The women's and men's gymnastics teams are over at the White Building practicing. But in terms of like scheduling the building out, right? There's no way you could have anything else in there while that court is down. And it takes a day to put it down, right? Then you practice on it. Then you play on it. Then the Lady Lions play. I mean, that court's been down since Monday. That means nobody else can get in there to do things. You can't. And so that means a lot of people, a lot of programs had to, like, say, hey, look, it's okay. We got it. Don't worry about it. You know, uh, whether it's Mark Pavlik or whether it's Kale or whomever. It's like, hey, good. We're good. We got it. You know, and wrestling and say, we won't wrestle in there till Sunday anywhere. Got it. And there's gym, women's gymnastics is in there tomorrow and Saturday. Like Sarah Brown's going to be on the coaches show tonight. So everybody for the greater good of this signed off and said yes. And that's because they're class people. Uh, and that, that means, that means a lot. So now there's going to be a lot of talk about, do you play every game there? Now in a real, if money is not an object, if money is not a like Todd and I might not be here. Uh, if money, <laughs> getting Todd, if money was not an object, you'd just build a new arena. And I can tell you, in, in Penn State, if they were to ask me, I'd say, hey, look, somewhere between seven and 8,000, top out at 8,000, whatever. What Northwestern did with Welsh Ryan Arena, where they took, essentially gutted the building. They kept the same structure, but they gutted the inside of the building. In turn, what was, you have to be kidding me, into, wow, two decks and... And 7,000 seats, all, boom, on top of the court. It's a basketball court. In a, in a world where money is no object, that's what I would like to see done. But doggone, the real world does enter into it, and money is an object. So, <laughs> Okay, so... Uh, and Mike, I think idealistically, in all the conversations I have with Mike, Mike would prefer if he got money, he'd like to see the money put into a new practice facility. You know, where his office is, everything's there, so forth. Because he always felt that was a culture driver at VCU, right? Through his own personal experience. So what do you do between the idea of Rec Hall and the Jordan Center. So let's talk about, the, let's go with the positives of the Jordan Center. Let's talk about some of the positives of the Jordan Center. Right? You're like, okay, you never hear these things, but let's be realistic here. Number one, the parking. Parking's way better. Parking over at Rec Hall is a pain in the neck. Parking over at the Jordan Center, pretty easy. Concessions. There are a lot more of them all over the place. As opposed to, oh boy, like limited, a limited deal at Rec Hall. A chair back, 
as opposed to a bench. <laughs> okay? Hey? No, there is a comfort factor. Okay? So those are some of the advantages. Yeah, do you have, and of course, if you get some big games in there, more seats available, no question. Uh, no question about that. Um, in fact, the irony is I don't think a lot of people realize this, but um, in terms of tickets sold, what game or match this season, 23-24, has the most tickets sold in it? Now, that'll change when the Olympic trials come up. But it's the Penn State-Minnesota basketball game. That actually has the most. Penn State Rutgers wrestling is second. And I know it was a Monday night, and it's, you know, there's a possibility of a storm, the whole thing. Like, excuse me, I do basketball. You want to know how many storms and Monday nights I've done? In my, okay, that happens. Okay? It's, it's like, I always love when I hear this stuff. Like, I go, really? That's a factor? <laughs> I've done this 42 years. I know it's a factor. <laughs> okay, I got it. <laughs> you don't have to keep making excuses, okay? The bottom line is it was what it was, okay? I mean, I've done games in blizzards. Snowstorms, power outages. <laughs> okay. Okay. Todd, gets to the point where maybe you haven't seen it all, but you are getting close. All right. <laughs> well, and especially in college, because no, you know, you know as well as I do, they're usually there the day before. So even if it does snow, colleges are usually playing. Oh, yeah. So, uh, but. Penn State, Minnesota actually had the most tickets sold in the building so far this season. Penn State Rutgers wrestling was second. Now that'll all change when the Olympic trials come in. I'm I'm only guessing that has to be sold out. That is such a gigantic event that's going to be huge. But basketball does have an appeal. Uh, and let's face it, for the athletic department it's important because football makes the vast majority of profit by a gigantic margin. And men's basketball supplements that. Men's basketball supplements that in terms of the profit side of it. It's, you know, it's, uh, it's, you know, the profit margin of men's basketball is <laughs> the football margins off the charts. Okay. But at least they, at least they're in the black. And, And that's the that's the bottom line. Uh, that just helps out where you do have to invest in it because it does make money. Okay, you're not investing in something that's losing money. You're investing in something that makes money. So I don't know what it's going to be like on Saturday because uh, there are two pluses. A, it's a Saturday afternoon game, gigantic plus. Well, there's actually more than two pluses. It's a, it's a Saturday game, right, at home. Two, the weather looks great. So we we're talking about the Penn State Rutgers wrestling match. The, in, the weather was going to be moving in later afterward, and it, you know, probably had an effect. But the weather Saturday is going to be great. It's also the coaches versus cancer game, which is always extremely well attended. Now, here's the negative about Saturday. Saturday here, and we'll see how the students react with this. Saturday here is what they call State Patty's Day. All right. That's the only time the suit ever comes to State College. No. Um, 
Oh, no. <laughs> and Ars Fets, oh. probably. No, stay Patty's Day. All right. So, <laughs> and, you know, I think people can guess what happens during stay Patty's Day. Okay. All right. It's um, it's happy beverage time. I was going to say green eggs and ham? No, I don't think so. <laughs> so who knows what that's going to do to student attendance? I don't know. I could only guess. We all know the problems with the George Center. The, the, with the Jordan Center, it's not the width of the building. The width of the building is perfectly fine for basketball. I've always said that. It's the length of the building, right? And all that, and that it just brings with it a cavernous feel and so forth. Rec Hall is tight. They've done a great job with it. You know, the, the Gucci seats are right up on the court, and the other seats are right behind it, and um, and the the way the roof is shaped and everything, and the sound stays in, and it's just really it doesn't get lost up in the in the ether. Um, but there are a lot of things that you have to do to make it happen, and so you can't. I mean, playing a full schedule there would be really hard, especially when the building is scheduled so often. Women's volleyball, men's volleyball, women's gymnastics, men's gymnastics, wrestling. You know, you, you know, you've got. So many events in Rec Hall during the course of the year. And, like, if you're going to play the men's games over there, I think, you know, Carolyn would like to see the women's games go over there. Well, now now you've got the building where the usage is off the chart. Now, in my opinion, in my opinion, Kale in a wrestling-only arena, they've done so well. It's something you'd at least have to discuss. How about that? I think you'd at least have to discuss that. A wrestling-only arena and a men's and a uh, and a men's basketball practice facility. Now you're you're putting money into Beaver Stadium, and again, I'm talking perfect world finances here. Matt Kraft is listening to the show like Steve. No, that's a lot of money. <laughs> he said we're already spending money. <laughs> I'm just Pat. I'm just throwing it out there because we're just right now we're we're just spitballing. But those are just some things to think about. Penn State's fortunate to have the single best program in America, in any sport, and what Kale Sanders and his staff have done with those great wrestlers. They're the best. But never forget this about the men's basketball um, segment. Never forget this. Number one, they do make money. And number two, and this is something that I have seen nobody write about, I've heard nobody talk about, but let's just deal in reality, because I'll talk about it. Last spring, when Penn State made the NCAA men's basketball tournament, they played four games down the stretch. Indiana Big Ten semifinals, Purdue Big Ten championship game, Texas A&M opening round NCAA tournament, Texas second-round NCAA tournament. You want to know how many total viewers watched those four games? 14.5 million. I've got the numbers. I can tell you the numbers for each game. 14.5 million. That includes the Penn State-Texas game, which, Todd, you've heard me talk about before, how brands, Texas, now Texas may not be a basketball school, but Texas Penn State. Penn State may not be a basketball school, but Penn State. Oh, in the center of the floor sits March Madness. 
those three brands combined on that Saturday night to get 6.6 million viewers. That's the power of what basketball can do. That basketball game was opposite, directly opposite, the NCAA Wrestling Championship Finals on ESPN. And the NCAA Wrestling Championship Finals on ESPN had a viewership of 452,000. This is not in any way, shape, or form of a put-down of wrestling. Zero. Not that. Okay? Understand where I'm coming from. It tells you what good basketball has the power to do and the earning power that good basketball has that can help everybody. That's the point of the story. Okay? I think I covered it all. All right. All right, we'll take a break. As the suit sleeps... After that grueling trip to Hollidaysburg, here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now, from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15, almost wharf online, sunburymotors.com. Ford, Kia, Hyundai, best in new inventory, great pre-owned inventory with the Sunbury Motors guarantee. Terrific service department that backs it up every step of the way. At Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors, Kia. Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. All right. Um... Yeah, so the rec hall Jordan sort of thing isn't as easy as you think. I know Jimmy Martelli, they're trying to schedule as many Friday night games as possible to dovetail into Penn State football. We've talked about going to the Giants Center. We've talked about going to Reading. talked about going to Allentown. They're definitely going back to the Palestra, uh, one form or another. Maybe Pittsburgh. It's a state university. They want to bring it around the state if they can. Just trying to think outside of the box. Okay. Um, you can't. You can't. Um, Rec Hall is so congested with events, you know, and you have to put a court down. It's not as easy as, like, you just walk out and you play. You can't do that um, because it's a volleyball court down there, and the stands are, are done in such a way for volleyball and wrestling right now, which is the right thing to do. Um, so took a lot of cooperation to get this done. It was great, and it worked out great last night. And they won the game. I mean, they won the game 90-89. to 89. Everybody stormed the court, and it was fun. But it's not as simple a solution. If money's no object, you can build a seven or 8,000-seat basketball arena. Look what Baylor did. Baylor was able to take the old Farrell Center. They dumped that, and they built a, an arena. I think it's 7,500 seats. In sports today, building the gigantic stadium or arena all right moving forward now penn state's going to keep its stadium in beaver stadium it's important and because they number one they can get people in there let's start with that there's the demand just like there's a demand at ohio state texas alabama michigan and so forth you know you have the demand you're fine but in many venues across the country you're seeing a downsizing of stadiums that downsizing of of arenas 
making it so the ticket is more in demand. And, of course, there are people watching it on TV. Now, in a night in... In a world of idealism, idealistically, like you know, I'd like to see Penn State build a seven or eight thousand seat basketball arena, but realistically, that's not happening. Right now, it's the it's the Jordan Center, and to be frank with you, one of the things that I think they they you know, need to do at some point is to look at the people at Jordan Center and say, you know what, we need a more friendly deal to play games in there. Okay. And one of the trustees was talking about the, you know, the university and athletics. I said, well, I said, well, do you guys ever sit down and realize how much parts of the university take from the basketball program? And he was, like, shocked when I told him. Like, what? That's the way it is. I mean, they're, I mean, I know what the number is. I'm not going to get into the number. I know how much it is just to put the court down in the Jordan Center. Just to put the court down. You'd be taken aback. Okay, so there's a lot of things that are playing into this, but let's just go to the next game, and that's Saturday when Penn State uh, takes on Indiana at noon. We're on 11:30. Coaches versus Cancer Day on Saturday. Uh, we had Rob Brooks on in the second half hour today, the play-by-play voice of Iowa women's basketball. And as you know, Jay Williams and I personally, you know, the times I've talked with Jay, I like Jay. Okay. And he's delivered an opinion, and people have opinions along the way. That Caitlin uh, doesn't think that Caitlin Clark is the greatest women's basketball player ever. Now, there are people that are talking about race baiting and things like that. Please, we've got to grow up. Okay, you just can't throw bombs like that out there. Please, just grow up. Okay, I've talked to Jay enough, all right, in my lifetime. Okay. I think Jay's intelligent. I think Jay's a good guy. Okay. Now, does that mean I agree with him on this? Okay. He has said, and he's doubled down on this, I am unwilling to say that she is great yet. Now, there's not a question of him saying whether she's the greatest player in the game yet. His point is that he's unwilling to say that she is great yet. I think she's the most prolific scorer the game has seen. I hold great on the levels of mortality or the Pantheon when you win championships. Okay, so we do talk about, and I talk all the time, Todd, as you know, about, like, how do you do when the money's on the table? That's why these championships are always so important. We talk about it in Hall of Fame voting. We talk about in terms of tiers of players in life. Uh, So we do do it all the time because in championship runs, okay, you're not facing the last place team every time through. You're facing somebody that had a really good record that's good enough to get into the playoff and must be a good team anyway. And then in all likelihood, if it continues on, you're going to face an even better team the next round and face an even better team the next round. So you've got to be at your best. We talk about pitchers that perform well in the postseason. You know, they go through a seven-game series, and they may get out there and get two to three starts in a series, and guess what? They're facing a really good lineup. They're not facing a lineup that has holes in it because the ones with holes in it 
are watching on TV because they didn't make the playoffs. So that's why postseason becomes a, a great barometer on that. But there are many players in the history of baseball okay, that never won the championship and are absolutely great players. And, of course, one of the first ones everybody thinks of right away is Dan Marino. Right? Is Dan Marino a great player, Todd? Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's a, he's a great player. Right? He can't help that his defense wasn't good enough at times. You know, there's certain things he can't control. But he was a great player. Okay? Was Ted Williams a great player, one of the greatest ever? Yes. yes. And how many championships did he win? Zero. Exactly. Right. Hey, I always find it interesting. Hey, like, like Ray Bork wasn't a great player until he won a Stanley Cup with Colorado. <laughs> Come on, you know. Hey, that's where I do have a parting of the ways with him on this, um, because when you look at everything he accomplished. Uh, all these people have accomplished. Circumstances come into play as to why you don't win a championship. I mean, circumstances come into play. Now, things that you can't help that are out of your control. And when you look at different players along the way, I'll give you one. Okay? This is one that people may not realize. This this guy hit 366 in his career, had 4,189 hits. Is Ty Cobb not a great player? But he didn't win a championship. Tigers and A's never won championships when he played. Okay. So it doesn't mean, you know... Uh, I understand the value of championships that Jay's pointing out, but it's not as if he didn't say she's not the greatest player because she doesn't have a title. He says, I can't consider her great because she hasn't won a title. I don't think so. That, I mean, that's where I have a, a parting of the ways on opinion. About that. Now, people were race baiting, calling race baiting, things like that. Please, the ignorant need to stand by the sidelines. Jay is not that kind of guy. Okay, at least the, the guy I know. Um, and I realize that, that Caitlin is right now the focal point of for many people in sports because she's made it fun. She's a great player. She embraces it. She's got a little showman to her. Um, but and I always find it interesting. Like Rick Pitino was asked about what he said about his players, and he doubled down on it. No, I don't. And then St. John's, by the way, what did they do last night? They went out and they clobbered. I'm trying to think who they clobbered. Georgetown? And they clobbered them. Well, somebody was listening. Uh, 
But the fact that he wasn't just unwilling to call her the greatest of all time, which is fine. You can debate whatever. UConn fans will probably tell you they think Sue Bird's better than 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 she is. UConn fans may tell you that Diana Taurasi, they, their opinion is better than her. That's because they're UConn fans. It's like Iowa fans feel so strongly about their player. You know, so people have other opinions. But the problem is he's been unwilling to call her even a great player. Well, she is a great player. Okay? She is a great player. And there's so many people across the history. I mean, Dick Butkus, who just passed away. Was Dick Butkus a great player? Gail Sayers? They didn't even get to the playoffs. I also think it also has to go. It goes back to the hot take thing too, where you have to have um, you have to have an opinion that stands out all the time. And uh, I was actually watching when he said that. In you, you wouldn't have seen three heads snap around quicker at him than the, the other yeah. three guys on the desk. Right. <laughs> and believe me, I understand the value of winning championships as to what it means to right who you are and how you're perceived. I understand that. Absolutely. But, you know, like you said, you got to win championships to be goats, he says. Okay, well, not necessarily. Not necessarily. I mean, when Ted Williams played, his biggest problem is they had to beat the Yankees. And they were loaded all the time. It wasn't just Joe DiMaggio. He had a lot of players around him that were really good. Had pitching that was better than the Red Sox. Well, I mean, guess what? Ted Williams doesn't pitch. <laughs> um, yeah. But there's a lot of great players out there that earn a spot where, I mean, Charles Barkley was a great player. Now, look, did he win two gold medals? Yeah. That does help. Right. You know, it's. Then there's J.J. Redick. I agree with J.J. in this, by the way. He was talking about about everything's about hot takes, and that um, when it's over, like he does a podcast where they break the game down, and all you know, and there are a lot of people, you know, like you know, Lewis Redick breaks the game down and so forth, but. It's interesting. Shows on hot takes get high, much exponentially higher ratings than shows about the game. And me, I agree with him because I believe in the end that all, you know, we can have fun in these shows. Okay, please don't get me wrong. We can have fun in these shows. But I always hope that when the show is over, you learned more about something in sports. I hope today you learn more about what it's like traveling with Iowa women's basketball with Caitlin Clark. I mean, I hope that that's how it came out. I hope you learn more about NCAA seating and selection with Mike DeCourcy yesterday. You learn more because of what Neil Kulong did in talking about the Steelers situation. We're going to have Tony Knott back on the show. I think we're having Tony on next Thursday, I believe. I was going to have them on Wednesday, but I thought, you know what? I better go Thursday. Yeah, Thursday next week at one thirty-five on the 29th. Tony's going to rejoin us on the show, and have we'll have him on. But the idea is when the segment's over, do you know more? 
that's what you hope. Not every segment's going to be perfect. You don't achieve that goal every time. But do you know more? I hope you're. I, I hope you feel like you have a, a wider base of knowledge about sports when the show's over with. Not going to succeed every day. I mean, if you want, I I could have been exhausted after last night's game and taking the day off. Who does that? <laughs> oh. Somebody do that? Uh, I, I don't want to throw anybody under the bus. Oh, I guess I already did. Uh, the suit. That, that grueling trip to Holidaysburg last night. Gone. <laughs> no show. Really? He did have to drive. I know the chief doesn't drive. Well, I did a game at Rutgers <laughs> that we're off the air quarter after 11. I drove. I'm running out of defenses. <laughs> Excuse me. This is one point where the lawyer, the lawyer does not have a great client. We'll come back with more in a moment <laughs> here on News Radio 1070 WK. Okay. It's funny, I was on the uh, Illinois pregame show, and they asked me about why they were playing the game in Rec Hall that night. Essentially, like, why was, I think the question was, like, why why did they pick Illinois to play here? I said it had nothing to do with Illinois. I said, I said if it turned out on the schedule that you were last Wednesday, the 14th, and Michigan State were here on the 21st, I said the game would have been... Michigan State in here tonight, you would have played in the Jordan Center. I said it just turned out that based on the schedule and the availability of the building for both the men's and women's teams, that's why they did it. I said it had nothing, it had nothing to do with you guys. Um, now, they they thought it was neat. I mean, believe me. In fact, Brian Barnhart texted me this morning about how neat he thought it was. Uh, uh and he said, "Hey, you know, always great to see." He says, "He says, he says, wild game. You should play more games in Rec Hall. Great atmosphere." And again, that was, um, uh, I mean, that and that's from the Illinois side. I mean, and it was. It was a great atmosphere. Fans were terrific last night. They were just terrific. Loud, into it. It was really cool. Uh, really cool. And uh, I know that uh, hopefully tomorrow will be a good day um, that the suit will be fully rested after that grueling, grueling trip to Hollidaysburg. Was it a five-hour drive back? I Four? think when I did. Four? Four? I was going to say, when I did uh, the Aliquippa Sealance Grove game in November, I think it's about 220 out and 220 back. So he drove back two hours and 20 minutes and he's gassed? And he did, he did work all day. What do you? What do we do? <laughs> exactly what are we doing here? It's a good point, but... 
he's at a They're point all, in his life we, where he can he can enjoy a day. How's that? <laughs> I do sound like his lawyer, don't I? <laughs> hey, honest to goodness, I mean, you're trying, but you're making it up. <laughs> there better be a dollar in my paycheck next week. Oh, it's it's worth it's worth seven figures what you're doing for him right now <laughs> because you just can't defend it. I mean, what do you get back at eleven twenty at night? Well, they were still on. We were listening to the game on my phone at Seals Grove last night to see who the Seals played at ten and nine. So he might have gotten back. He was probably back a little after midnight. 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 If it's two hours and twenty minutes, and he's off the air at nine, he's back by eleven thirty. Hey, you gotta squeeze some dinner in there somewhere. Hey, you eat before the game. <laughs> eight hours of sleep, seven thirty. I have two words. Chop, chop. <laughs> Let's go. You can't put a price on that kind of leadership. Well, you can. Free. <laughs> All right. Back tomorrow. We'll have more fun. Because you know what? Sports is supposed to be fun. You're listening to News Radio 1070 WKOK Sunbury. You can hear us anywhere in the world.